Well, I'm super excited uh, because we are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of uh, the Sozo ministry team coming into Christ Center. And uh, isn't that amazing? 10 years. And, um, and so we had talked about this. Um, this lovely lady that stands before you is my brilliant sister, Autumn Seaborn, and she's the director of the Sozo ministry team. And uh, yeah, I know, you can clap, she's awesome. Absolutely. And so as she was bringing it to my attention that we have been up and running for 10 years now, it's like, wow, that is amazing. We should do something special. And so what we came up with was to have Autumn come and share with you a couple of testimonies, a little bit of the story of the Sozo ministry team here at Christ Center, and, uh, and then walk you through a little bit of what happens in the Sozo ministry. And um, so you guys are in for a great treat, and uh, I'm super excited. Um, I'm so grateful for uh, Autumn and the ministry that she leads and her team, which you guys will get to see here in just a moment. But they have served this church, but not only this church, but churches all throughout our area. And in fact, Autumn is uh, on, uh, you're a trainer, is that correct? For other Sozo ministry teams that get launched in other churches. So she works with Bethel um, and is one of their recognized, what, regional trainers or something? What is there a, is there a title? <laughs> She's the training czar of Lane, no, 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 Lane no, no, no. the Tri-County area. So um, at any rate, uh, so it's just been phenomenal. And I personally have, have grown so much through uh, several different ministry times with the Sozo teams throughout the last 10 years. And I, I generally have at least one ministry time a year and sometimes two, depending on how bad you guys beat me up. <laughs> Right now, Ruslan would say, in every joke, there's a little bit of joke. <laughs> um, so at any rate, I, but I, I really am a result of, uh, in many ways, of the ministry team and, uh, and what they've done in this ministry. God has done some incredible things in my heart, and it does come out in how I preach and how I lead. So I'm indebted to you and the team, and I so appreciate you. So can we welcome Autumn Seaborn as she brings the word today? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be up here. Um, last service, I was pretty nervous. I feel a little better this time. So, <laughs> um, I just want to say part of the reason that I would even be nervous is because I care so much about all of you. And I want to bring something that's meaningful to you. Um, this has been a really meaningful, this is a really meaningful time for us as the Sozo team because 10 years, that's a long time. And we're just doing really well and really enjoying what we do. So um, in the last 10 years, we've had approximately 100 monthly team meetings, several trainings, including like Josh mentioned, uh, training a Sozo team for another church. Um, as well as over 750 Sozo um, sessions. And that is a conservative estimate. I just try to kind of figure it out. Um, but let's back up a little bit, because I'd like to talk to you about what the Sozo ministry actually is. I know a lot of you are familiar with it, um, but there are some of you who may not even know what I'm referring to. So um, first off, the word Sozo. It is merely a Greek word that is translated to save, deliver, or protect. Um, you can see in the slide up there, that's just the, the Strong's Concordance definition of the word, the Greek word sozo. And when it is translated into the English, um, it is translated into the words heal, preserve, save, or be made whole. And I think there's another one up there, to do well. 
Um, so the ministry of Sozo is about getting to the wounds and the lies that prevent us from experiencing the wholeness that God has in mind for each one of us. That wholeness comes directly from connecting with him and believing that he is who he says he is, that he wants to be invited into all of who we are, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. One example of the use of the word sozo in scripture is Luke 17, 12 through 19. And I'm just gonna read that to you. As he, Jesus, entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger? And Jesus said to him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And the word whole there is the Greek word sozo, translated into whole. It's interesting because when they were cleansed, the author uses a different word for that. And it was the one that came back and acknowledged that it was Jesus who had done the healing. He was the one that they used the word sozo. Through their obedience, they were cleansed. Um, and I think it was coming back and glorifying God and saying, I, I know that you are God. Another example of the story is the story, sorry, of the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew 9, 19 through 22. And Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples. Um, they were on their way to the ruler's daughter who had died. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she had said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. She believed that Jesus was the source of her healing when she touched just his robe. Even without his pre previous acknowledgement of her, she was made whole. And that is Sozo. In these stories, I find it interesting that there is a wholeness that takes place when faith is connected with obedience and healing and acknowledgement of God as the source of it all. In the ministry that we call Sozo, the focus is on our beliefs in who God is and his character. When we're young, we form ideas about who God is um, based on the experiences that we have. And sometimes we get we have some misunderstandings. Some of those misunderstandings might come from um, a misinterpretation of scripture, um, or even just a childlike uh, understanding of scripture that needs to be upgraded. Um, and so, Sozo helps us to find those misunderstandings and bring God's truth to those and make that trade. <clears throat> So the ministry of Sozo helps to trade out false beliefs or misunderstandings that prevent us from using the faith that we have to receive something good from God. And that's what I mean by removing the lies that keep us from being whole. Having full access to God and relationship with him is the goal of Sozo, a clear pathway to hear him and to know him. I'm gonna give you an example of how this works for those of you that have never come in and had time with a ministry team. Um, 
let's say a person sees God as a distant man on a throne, which seems to be a common picture. We might not even think to question it. But you can't really have a warm and loving relationship with a distant and um, cold God. So I'm going to use this picture to describe practically what it might look like to have some ministry time with the Sozo team. You would be sitting in a comfortable chair in a small room here at the church with two of our Sozo team members, and we would be chatting quietly with you and praying, and at some point, one of us might say, so how do you picture God as a father? And using the example, um, you would describe him in this case, this imaginary situation, as a distant man on a throne. So if I were leading, I might say, so what was your dad like growing up? And let's say you tell me he was a great dad, he was kind, he was hardworking, and you never worried about having to be, or being taken care of or having enough. He went to church and he was a good man. And I might say, wow, that's good. Sounds like you felt pretty safe with him. Um, So when you had a problem or a difficult situation came up, were you able to go to him for help? And you might say, oh no, I didn't want to bother him. If I ever did come to him with something feely like that, he would say, go talk to your mother. He was too busy for that kind of stuff. Um, (laughs) And I might say, okay, well let's try something. Uh, Would you be okay with forgiving your dad for a few things? I know he was a great dad, and it might feel a little awkward, but would you be willing? And if you agreed, I would have you repeat after me. I forgive you, Dad, for not knowing how to handle my emotions. I forgive you, Dad, for being too busy for emotional things. I forgive you, Dad, for making me feel like my emotions were trivial and a waste of your time. And then I would have you repeat after me. I renounce the lie that you, Father God, don't want to handle my emotions. I renounce the lie that you, Father God, are too busy for my concerns or problems. I renounce the lie that you think my emotions are trivial and a waste of time. So as you sit there in the chair, and I might ask you to close your eyes, or I would ask you to close your eyes, or whatever's comfortable. Not everyone wants to close their eyes, and that's okay. I would have you ask Father God directly, what truth do you want to show me about yourself? And it's this point when it's all between you and God. You get to hear from him exactly how he speaks to you because he knows you personally and he's going to speak to you in exactly the way that you hear and, hear and speak to you the exact thing that you need to hear. The way that people um, hear and receive is varied. Some people see pictures. Some people get impressions. Some people see words. Um, others get a physical sensation in their body of peace or some other positive thing. However you receive from God is as unique as you are. If anyone felt the connection with that scenario that I was um, walking through, go ahead and ask God in your heart if there's a truth that he wants to show you. And if you see something or hear something, I'd love to hear about it. It could be something you do at any point. I'd like to share a few real examples with permission, but not using names. Um, One of them was when someone was asked Um, how they see Jesus. They saw him on the cross. And after walking through some forgiveness of people in this person's life and renouncing some lies, I asked the person to ask Jesus, "Um, is there a truth that you want to show me? And this person returned to that picture of Jesus on the cross in her mind and saw that Jesus was wanting to come down off the cross and be a part of her life. 
that person did not realize that, that, he, that Jesus didn't want to stay on the cross and just be an atonement for her sin, but that he came off the cross and wanted to be a part of her life, a living, breathing friend to this person. Another example is um, when asked, someone was asked, are there any lies I believe about you, Holy Spirit? And the person saw, excuse me, the person saw they never considered Holy Spirit with a personality like Father God or Jesus or as a person. Even though this person had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoken in tongues, had a very charismatic background, they never considered Holy Spirit as anything more than an energy or a power. And Holy Spirit actually wanted to introduce himself to this person. Um, permission was given because God always waits for us to say yes. And Holy Spirit was able to reveal himself to this person in a way that they were able to receive and understand that he is a person who wants to speak and who wants to be a part of our lives. So now I hope that you all know a little bit more about the Sozo ministry. I'm going to shift gears a little bit and share some things about our history here at Christ Center since we're celebrating 10 years and still going strong. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> um, Sometime in early 2009, Pastor Joshua approached me with the idea that I could go through the training and lead a Sozo team at Christ Center. I knew it had been something on his heart that he'd been praying about for a few years. I knew a little bit about Sozo, but leading a team, I had never done anything like that before. He encouraged me to pray about it and talk to my husband, Doug. At that point in my life, um, I had 14-year-old, 12-year-old, 7-year-old kids. I was a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling mom. I felt young and completely unqualified. <clears throat> but I had a peace in my heart, and that peace scared me more than anything because I knew if I had a peace about this, it was probably the Lord, and I knew I would obey. <laughs> um, most of my life, people had come to me with their problems and concerns and questions about their faith or lack thereof, and I would just give them whatever I felt in the moment that God was showing me. Um, I didn't really have any um, tools or formal no knowledge, so I thought, well, at the very least, I could learn a few things about how to help people, and we'll just see how this goes. We'll do the training and, you know, see how it goes. Plus, I knew that Josh would be with me. Um, we'd been doing things together all of our lives, so I knew that together we could figure it out. Um, Pastor Joshua and I began to meet weekly and go through the training on the DVDs. And as we did, we also applied the ideas and the tools that we were being shown as we went. So we'd pause the video and we'd pray along with it and we'd, we'd share with each other what we were receiving. That was a really special time. Um, and during these meetings, God just brought such a strong sense of his heart of compassion for his people. Um, I just got a sense of him crying out and wanting wanting those who were in bondage and who were hurting to hear from him and to know that they were loved and accepted and to be connected with him. And this wasn't, this wasn't just the unsaved, because that's a lot of times what I've been focused on, um, but this was specifically people within the church who were feeling locked up and depressed and fearful or disconnected from him or from others. During one of our sessions, uh, there was a tool that we learned about called the wall. As we followed along with the teaching, we asked, or I asked God, if there was a wall that was preventing me from feeling close to him or from him having access to my heart. And he showed me a picture of myself standing at like a back gate of my backyard 
and beyond the gate was this huge valley of mountains and rivers and trees and paths and adventure. <laughs> but right in front of me was a clear plexiglass wall. I could see, but I couldn't pass through it. So we followed along with what the teaching told us to do, and um, I asked God what that was, and he told me that it was fear. And so I asked God to help me break down that wall of fear, and you know, we did some exchanging of lies and truth there too. Um, but even though it was broken down, I could see it in my mind's eye, because I'm a visual person, um, I was afraid to step over the threshold. So part of the teaching had us ask, is there a tool that you want to give me, Lord, to help me walk through this? And so I returned to the picture in my mind's eye, and I instantly saw Jesus standing right there with his hands out saying, I'll go with you. You know, he would be with me. Now, he's not a tool, but <laughs> he will help me, and he wants to be with me. And he's going to, you know, no matter what I did, he wasn't going to leave me behind. It wasn't like I had to step out of my yard into this new space with no one. It was such a, a wonderful picture. And what's amazing about it when you have that experience of just hearing from God in, in real time, all the things that the scriptures say, they come to life. I mean, I knew that, that Jesus is my shepherd from the word. I knew that he says he'll never leave me or forsake me. <laughs> Excuse me. But there was something about having him show me in that moment what I needed to see that brought that all to life for me. And the fact that I can recollect it now, 10 years later, and it's just so vivid, is amazing. <clears throat> and, of course, the timing was impeccable because only a few short weeks later, Pastor Josh broke the news that he was not going to be able to actually be my partner on the Sozo team. <laughs> As a pastor, he realized it wasn't really, um, it really wouldn't work for him to be a part of this particular ministry. I knew that he was right. Um, in many ways, I was glad that I hadn't known before. I had been leaning on the strength of his leadership, and now Jesus had shown me, without a doubt, that I could lean on him. Because Jesus is also my big brother. I'm your big sister, but you know. <laughs> So as the time was nearing to launch the Sozo ministry, I attended my first Christ Center staff meeting. It was a tradition to pray and prophesy over new leaders and ministries at the monthly meeting. In attendance were all of our amazing founders, as well as those who had come more recently, and all the staff in between. There was Ed and Red and Doug, Pastor John, who was our founding pastor, and Jeff Starr, Kathy, and Pastor Josh, plus a few others. I remember specifically Pastor John speaking over me, and he referred to me as our little sister. He told me that it didn't matter how old I was or how long I'd been at Christ Center. He said, you are just as important as the ones who have been here for 20 years or longer, and we all have your back. You're not alone. And that meant so much to me. And now it was time to build a team. I found myself immediately surrounded by the most loving people, <clears throat> Several people who had also been attending Christ Center for over 20 years wanted to be a part of this new team, and they willingly came under my fledgling leadership. I was so honored by their patience and their dedication, not just to Sozo, the ministry, but to me. I definitely needed their support. Um, excuse me. One of those very special people is no longer with us, and I just want to mention her, is Joyce Easterday. 
She came to me and said that God told her to do this sozo thing. She heard about it and didn't know what it was. Thought maybe it was even kind of weird, but God said do it, so here she was. <laughs> and that was very much her. She was, she was a very huge support to me personally, as she was to many people. And I just wanted to mention her and her sense of humor and her pure love. So the next step was to train everybody. And that was the most intimidating thing to me. <clears throat> because here I was, just one step above everybody, or one step ahead of everybody informationally, and so far behind in um, experience and dedication to Christ Center. One of the sweetest things about the Sozo team is going through the training together because there's just so much that we learn about ourselves and about each other and so much um, knitting together of our hearts. So we really beca became family as we went through the training. We have two stages of training. We did, we did one training in the beginning and then we brought on more members with another training. So everybody's gone through it. Both the original people went through it twice. And so, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> And each time you get something new, like I've gone through it several times and I'm always getting something new from the Lord. <clears throat> so before we knew it, we were making a calendar and setting up our first appointments. To my surprise, some of the first people to sign up that year were those who had prophesied over me at the staff meeting. Red, Doug Easterday, Jeff Starr, and others. Boy, was I nervous. And again, so honored that not only were they thoroughly vetting this new ministry, but they were also humbling themselves to open their hearts to little old me. And through all of the support, God was continuing to reiterate to me the truth that Pastor John had spoken, that they had my back and that I wasn't alone. That God had my back and people had my back. Those first few years went by really quickly. The first year, we only had ministry times with Christ Center attendees, but after that, we opened it up to other churches as well. And this brought in more sozo appointments. And the calendar was often full for up to two months in advance. Some of you might remember that, trying to get in and get a sozo and having to wait for two months. What? <laughs> we were all learning so many things and watching God do so much in the lives of others. People who came in were saying, who were saying they'd never heard from God were walking out hearing. There were people who came in with their shoulders slumped and feeling heavy, feeling the weight of the world, who walked out with that weight lifted and walking straight and smiling. Many times we would be receiving the breakthroughs right along with those that we were ministering to. I had many sozo times where I walked away thanking God for the new truths that he had shown me as he spoke them to someone else. For example, one such day when I was really struggling with feeling disqualified to minister because I didn't have answers to my own questions. My day had been going sideways. You know, you just, walk, you just come in and you're trying to minister to somebody and thinking, what do I have to offer? <laughs> God says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so this particular person um, was actually going through the same thing. So clearly, I, didn't I truly didn't have anything to offer. And as God was speaking to this person, he was saying things like, I'm not asking you to figure it all out alone. I've already done it all, and I want to help you. So in my heart, I was receiving that encouragement as well. God's a great multitasker. <laughs> Over time, I could see how the ministry and just the way of life that I was learning um, was beginning to change me. It was during this season, I distinctly recall a morning at church when the worship team was playing and there was an invitation <clears throat> to allow the Lord to minister and to just listen to the music and soak. And it was back when we still had carpet in the back and I walked 
back there, sat on the ground with my back against the wall. And using some of this new language, I asked God, are there any lies that I'm believing that keep me distant from you? And I heard him say really clearly, you believe the lie that you're alone. I was so surprised to hear this. Here I was in church surrounded by people, the leader of this thriving ministry, married, raising three kids. Our home was never quiet. How could I believe that I was alone? Wasn't it true, too, that one of my biggest concerns in life was to be a good person, a good leader, a good big sister, a good mom, a good wife? All of those things have to do with relationship with the many people in my life. Also, I was hearing God speak, so I knew he was with me. How could I believe that I was alone? This puzzled me, but I knew it was God. So I took note and continued to ask him to show me what he's saying. I also had a dream around this time. A lot of times the Lord speaks to me in dreams and gives me sort of a picture of the season of my life. In the dream, my husband and I had fixed up a cute little home, and after fixing things up with new paint and moving things in, we did some landscaping, and I planted flowers in the ground outside the kitchen window. In the dream, I was admiring the flower bed, and I realized something was wrong. There was a leak, and it was a sewer leak coming up from the ground. <laughs> oh no. In the dream, Doug, my husband, called me from work, or maybe I called him, I don't know, it was a dream. He called and he said, <laughs> close all the doors and windows. I don't want any of the sewage getting in the house. I'm going to call a repairman to come and fix it. In the dream, I was mad because I wanted him to come home and fix it now. I was upset that we somehow didn't know ahead of time before we planted the landscaping. And I didn't want to have to redo my flowers. <clears throat> God often uses dreams to help me figure things out, so I wrote down the dream because it really stood out to me. Around this time, things in my life, in my home life, began to take a turn. To sum it up simply, my marriage was struggling in some areas that I didn't have a quick fix for. In the past, it felt like answers were just there and easy to apply, but this was deeper and it was happening within me, so I couldn't push off the work on my husband. <laughs> <clears throat> I felt so helpless. I felt like I was a fraud, not because I wasn't open to working on my marriage, but because I was upset that it was happening at all. I felt like that shouldn't happen. <clears throat> I was still faithfully doing Sozo ministry every week, and there were times when I would have been having a really hard day. I would be dealing with feeling like I just didn't have it all together, feeling like I'd gotten nothing accomplished. I was leaving my house a mess. I was struggling with communication with my husband. And on the 10-minute drive, to meet with someone for sozo ministry, my communication with God, with God would be something like, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't handle today very well. I don't know who I think I am ministering to one of your kids when I'm a failure. And then I would listen. And many times he would say, I've got this. You are in the perfect position to let me do all the work. It's my meeting with this person anyway. That was always such a relief, and I'm so thankful for that drive I have from, from uh, Junction City to Santa Clara, where I live. He's spoke, spoken to me so many times. <clears throat> Sometimes I'd be driving home from a ministry time with someone, and I could feel myself returning back to those inner musings of, what do I think I have to offer? I don't know how to be a good wife anymore. I don't know how to be a good mom to teenage boys. Here, this person just received all this truth from you, and what's wrong with me? Why am I still stuck in this place of not even knowing who I am? And God would say, you are mine. I know who you are, and you're doing just fine. Don't quit. That was a big one. Don't quit. <laughs> so I didn't quit. I kept on ministering. And when I had my own meltdowns, 
I invited God to show me his truth and reveal the lies that I was believing. I also started to learn to ask other people for help, for help too. This was a new truth that God was showing me as part of his design for wholeness. <clears throat> so I kind of have to fast forward a little bit here, but the Lord just continued to do so many things in my life and teach me so many new truths. He began to bring healing to my marriage and um, just so many good things that I could po- couldn't possibly number. But about three years after I had the dream about the sewer leak, the Lord brought me back to it. I saw the man that Doug had called to fix the leak. He was wearing a work jumper and a baseball cap pulled down over his face. He was in the muck and the dirt, digging out the soil and repairing the pipes. As I looked closer to see what progress was being made, he turned his head and I saw that it was Jesus. Jesus was the one fixing the problem. I had been in the house dry and clean and he was in the muck doing the work. He wasn't doing it the way I hoped he would, like snapping his fingers and just having it all be fixed immediately. That was what I wanted. <laughs> but he was there and he was working. He, was, he had been doing it all along. Over the course of time, I had been changing into a person who was able to receive love without making it based on something that I needed to do. This also applied to my marriage. This applied to my walk with the Lord. This applied to my relationship with other people. I had thought that I needed to be perfect or have all the answers in order to be a leader or in ministry or a good wife. The answer to the lie of being alone is that I can't do anything alone to earn God's favor. The only thing that I can do is receive his love. And in the areas that I don't know how to receive, to ask for his help. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. This scripture is such a confirmation to me that he is calling us, he wants us to be whole in our spirit, soul, and body and he's doing the work. All we have to do is obey and say yes. So what about you? Is there an area where you're trying to do something on your own that God would really love for you to receive his help with? Because he's right here, right now. Is there an area where you're trying to earn God's approval or blessing by just trying to do more? Are you unintentionally blocking God from helping you in something just because you think you should be able to do it on your own? I'd like to ask you all to do a little bit of sozo ministry with me. If you feel comfortable, close your eyes and ask the Lord, will you show me if there's an area where I'm believing the lie that I'm alone? And then just wait and see what he shows you. Ask the Lord, is there a lie I'm believing about your desire to be involved? So since you asked him to show you a lie, then renounce that lie. 
All that means is say, I renounce the lie that, and then speak the thing that he showed you. And now that you've identified the lie with the Lord, this is the good part. Ask him to show you what the truth is that he has for you. God, I just want to thank you for ministering to your kids. Thank you that you have truth to reveal. Thank you that you are not angry with us when we believe lies. You just want us to see the truth. Lord, I pray for each one of these people here to continue to receive more truth and that it would just build This time I'd like to call the Sozo team up to the front here. Just quietly make your way up. If you received a truth from the Lord, write it down, put it wherever you put it, and keep looking at it and ask him for continued truth. So this is the Sozo team. Thank you all for being here. Um, There's just one missing, and that's Mark Willem, but he's a newlywed, so we'll forgive him. Um, (laughs) And this is this is your team, Christ Center. These are the people who do do what we talked about. The two people sitting in the room. If you come in to have a Sozo time, these are their faces. They most of them prefer to stay in the background, so this is a little uncomfortable for them. But thank you for being here, guys. And I just want to thank you, Sozo team, for your years of dedication and all the time and energy that you've spent and for supporting me. And um, at this point, I'd just like to invite all of you to come up and um, if you would like to have prayer to take advantage of this opportunity while the Sozo team is here, um, or if you have questions about Sozo, um, or if you just want to share the truth that the Lord showed you this morning, um, they're here to pray for you and to talk with you and I want to thank you all so much for letting me share about this the Sozo 10-year celebration Um, and I hope to see more of you (laughs) in the Sozo room all right thank you If you are wanting to sign up uh, for a ministry time with the Sozo team, uh, there are applications uh, on the information counter in the hallway right over here, and you can uh, turn those in uh, either to Janelle or you can just drop them in the inbox in the office um, in uh, Brooke or Janelle's box. And I'm just so grateful. Thank you guys so much for your incredible service. I've uh, actually sat in in ministry times with, I think, almost everybody here 
Actually, almost everybody here, yeah. So thank you. Um, we're just so blessed, and we love you guys. Father, we pray your continued blessing over Autumn and her team. Lord, we ask that their cup would overflow. Father, continue to give them the grace, Lord, and your joy to minister from that place, Father, of your love and your abundance. Protect their lives and their, their connections with their spouses, Lord, their health and everything that they do as they continue to serve us, Lord so that we can be whole and healed and set free as we continue to live this life together with you and one another. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen.